You say, Preacher, why do you drink coffee during devotion, your, your devotional service? My sweet evangelical brethren taught me that. Coffee goes with devotions. That's what they taught me. I'm not saying they're right. <laughs> Lord willing, tomorrow morning, I'm going to have my evangelical cup. I don't like it, but they taught me to have little cute cups like that. I'm not crazy about it. But that is the evangelical influence. That's why I'm so hard on them. I love them. That's why I'm so hard on them because they have great influence around the world. And lately, over the past 10 to 20, 30 years, they have had a bad influence. And I say that in general, not all, not all. And I want them to use their influence for good. I want them to repent of the foolishness and the and so forth because they can really help lead people in the right way. because they have all of the machinery. And to get the message out. You know when you can drink the coffee black with no cream and it still tastes good. Now that's a high quality coffee right now. Yes, yes, yes sir, yes ma'am. Mm -hmm. That's a good coffee. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit more. That's great. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, and I do thank God for all of my brethren and my sistren uh, who are truly born again and saved because of the Christ, because of the Christ in them. I mean, humanly speaking, to be honest with you, I'm not, uh, I'm not that impressed with human beings 
including myself, just as we are. But if you have Christ in you, that's a different ball game. I love true Christians, born again Christians. And I love being able to say my brethren and my sistren. I'm not like a pastor is about it because of my calling as a prophet and as an evangelist. Uh, I'm not going to go to the picnic with you. I'm not even going to go to Starbucks with you unless I have to. <laughs> That's really, and I don't want to sit down in the restaurant and talk with you about anything. Other than, well, I mean, uh, I can talk to you as I preach. I don't want to sit around and talk about foolishness and talk about football. I have, listen, uh, the more you into, you grow into God and serve God, the less the scintillating things uh, interest you. And only truly born again saved people who have uh, been established by God and who have grown up in the Lord understand that. I have no interest in anything else going on in this world unless it relates to the Bible, the Word of God. I have, never, I have not sat down and watched a full football game or basketball game on the basketball side since Michael Jordan. That's the last time, and that, that's when he was playing with the Bulls. I have not watched a full football game in, in years, and, and I am a football, basketball man. Uh, you know, I had an interest in those things a long time ago, but not so much now. Um. And, and only those who are born again and saved and who have been saved for a while understand what I'm talking about. We're not, I'm not trying to be disconnected from the world. I am. I don't love this world. I'm not trying to hate the world. I do hate it. <laughs> uh, and the only love I have in my heart for people is God's love. I don't have any personal love for anybody. <clears throat> uh, only love that's in me, I assure you, is God's love. None. I have none. nothing else for you. <laughs> I have nothing else for you. I'm not impressed with you, and I'm not impressed with myself. Not at all. I'm not impressed with depraved human beings, man. Uh, in fact, I'm quite disgusted with the whole thing. And, uh, and like I said, only born again, saved people know what I'm talking about. Uh, the rest of you don't have a clue. Love not the world, neither the things in the world. See, that's, that's God's word. That I, I learned that. That was a memory verse for me when I first got saved. It's, it's real now. After 43 years, it's real, man. Okay. I, I'm. The, you know what drives me to preach this morning and then preach tonight? The love of God. That's it. Mm-mm. 
and the way the church has done God and and and, and just the church alone how how we have done God uh, I, I'm not that crazy about some of some of us in the church I'm on God's side I'm not a perfect man at all by no means but I can tell you this, I'm on God's side. I'm not on your side. I'm not on the so-called uh, church's side. Not at all. I'm against you. Some people uh, may wonder why every now and then I use one by the name of Larry Reed in our conservative Christian publications. Uh, uh, there's some things that Larry Reed does that of course I do not want him to do but before before some other people besides Larry Reed and myself started rebuking uh, the hypocrisy in the church uh, he was one of the only ones doing so and he, he knows where the bodies are that's why I still use him I don't agree with everything he says and how he says things. But he knows where the the bodies are. And so and, and he knows more than what he tells. And uh I understand this cuz so do I. And uh and, and 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 so he was dealing with the hypocritical pastors uh and pastors wives and gospel singers uh pulling no punches before some other folks were and so uh, he's going to have a perspective on things uh, that most people don't and one of the things that I, I I don't like to see him do is he has a uh, hookup with a I believe a a man who calls himself a prophet, and uh, I don't see him as a prophet. I see him, Larry, more as a prophet than this man. I don't know why he chooses to hook up with him, but that's his thing. Two, two of them, two men he hooks up with. One is a heretic, and uh, but uh, that's those are his associations, and uh, I believe that he'll he's going to end up. Casting them out, but he has made it clear he n none of them influence him. He made that clear. He said if they act up, I'll I'll I'll, I'll call them out too. So, anyway, uh, ladies and gen gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, I love you. Family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. I love you too, even though you're wrong. And, uh, and if you want to mix it up, let's get it on. And uh, to the standing between the living and the dead. Prayer, devotional, memorial, family and evangelistic service, family members, my beloved.
Uh, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 655, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures, and yes, to my King James uh, Bible family and uh, King James only. I know you 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 don't like this. I know that uh, you might put me out of the family by using the chronological Bible, but that's okay. It's still King James. It's all right. Calm down, brethren. Allows you to read the whole Bible and allows us all to read the whole Bible as a single story, uh, a true uh, single story, a nonfiction story. The Bible is real through and through. And to see the unfolding of God's plan in history, the present and the future. You can get all of that from the Bible, and it's the only book in the world, in the history of the world, that you can get the past, the present, and the future. And it all lines up. And it always comes to pass. So get ready, in the words of another preacher, get ready, get ready, get ready. If you're not saved, get saved. If you're not revived and obedient to Christ, get revived and get obedient as a Christian. Today, my beloved, we're reading Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. You say, well, preacher, we were in 1 Kings or 2 Kings the other day. Uh, then yesterday we were in, and before that we were in the Song of Solomon. And before that we were in the book of Proverbs. And uh, last night, we were in Chronicles, First Chronicles, and today when we are in Ecclesiastes, what are you doing? That's, that's the chronological Bible for you, and we're not reading it exactly how they have it laid out. Uh, we are reading it um, in a different way, but we're using their pattern, because if we this particular uh, chronological Bible, if we read it ha how they have it laid out, we would be reading three chapters a day. That's fine. We've done that in the past. Uh, as I'm getting older, I want to try to give my uh, uh, give myself some uh, not be as so I can I can get some rest, so not be up on my feet for four and five hours, kind of a thing. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I pray 
in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I cannot thank you enough for allowing me to be uh, up and to see this day, another day. I cannot thank you enough for allowing me to be here at this time. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit and your Holy Word, and for all of the millions and the many and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. <clears throat> and uh, Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you today for salvation blessings, spiritual blessings, family blessings, life blessings, protection and provision blessings, mental and physical blessings, financial and material blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. And Holy Father God, for those of us who are saved in my family in this audience and uh, in this country and around the globe, those of my brethren and sistren who are born again and saved, not just religious, uh, but something took place in their hearts when you came in, when they believed in you. For Jesus Christ's sake, Lord, I'm not talking about the tares, those of us who are truly saved. And I thank you for leading me to make that separation, because you do. I thank you for telling me, even, even though no matter uh, how much I want everybody to be saved, and you want everybody to be saved, everybody is not saved, even in our families. And there's a difference. And you have taught me and shown me not to pray for people, even in my family, in the same way I pray for truly born-again saved people, when I know that they are lost. They're just Christian in name only. And uh, I thank you for leading me to do that and and not keep assuming that people are saved just because they say they are but they have no fruit in fact they're demon possessed and it shows up over and over and over again for Jesus Christ's sake forgive those of us who are saved and born again forgive us of our sins our failures and our faults and Holy Father God, I thank you for allowing me to see another birthday uh, for one of my children, Daniqua Grace, and what a blessing she has been, particularly over the past two years. Uh, she's a stalwart of faithfulness. And... Uh, as far as faithfulness is concerned, she has been a great example to a little sister. Uh, consistency, on point, and she's been that way all of her life as far as doing your work. 
and doing it uh, without any pay, won't receive, won't accept any money, but is uh, very dependable. What a blessing that is in this day and time to see young people so dependable, so faithful, so consistent, driven by you, not by anything else. And not because I have not gotten on her case. Uh, I believe that she's gotten better because I did get on her case about her attitude and spirit and so forth. Down through the years, as, as I have done with all of my children. And uh, she may think she has not gotten better or improved all she wants to. I know for a fact that she has gotten a whole lot better. And uh, and when we had a transition earlier this year, uh, she was uh, the most, along with my baby daughter, uh, Danielle, both of them were the most valuable in it. They let you lead them. They did something extraordinary. They did something amazing in that transition for your glory and for their uh, papa, as they have called me, down through the years. And I shall never forget it. And what they did has made it to be a blessing even on this side of the transition. Absolutely amazing. And I know you did it in their hearts. And what a blessing it was and is to this day. And Holy Father God, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, bless her birthday as we celebrate it today. And I look forward to enjoying the birthday food as I always do. I may not be able to do all that they can do. Uh, all that my children can eat but I am going to be eating and enjoying the birthday food myself as we have down through the years and Lord I do remember the days of Chuck E. Cheese oh what a time we had and uh, so Lord bless this birthday day uh, as I told her this morning, this has been one of the best Octobers we have had so far. Now, we, the devil does fight us a little bit harder because he thinks Halloween month is his. And I, I have never thought that, Lord. I've never conceded Halloween month to him. But even the Satanists, former Satanists, tell Christians today, that you ought not to um, practice Halloween. It is a demonic, satanic thing going on. Even the the former Satanists say that, and yet we're going. We got. <coughs> we have churches having trunk and treat foolishness, and then some worse. They have just a fall festival. Well, they just sit around and get fatter than what they are 
eating wonderful baked goods. And I like that part, but uh, we don't need to have a fall festival. We need to have a fall revival and awakening. And they, uh, every church ought to have a hell house, as you blessed us to produce years ago. And some churches got the money and the means and the skills to do it, uh, to scare the people from hell. And once they come out on the other end, they hear the gospel and get saved. Uh, they need to have what we uh, had in a church that I pastored and led, Holy Wing. And so I pray that uh, they will get rid of the trunk and treat mess. And nobody needs to be doing that in this day and time anyway. And uh, little fall festivals with baked goods. And nobody preaches the gospel. Nobody passes out gospel tracts. Uh, we're going to pass out gospel tracts today on my daughter's birthday. And by your grace, Lord, we're going to pass out tracts on Halloween. We have a particular track to pass out, gospel track, pamphlet. And Lord, help us to make sure we're geared up for that. And uh, Holy Father God, I do pray that you would crush and crucify our flesh for those who are saved in our family today. We always want to pray early in the day when there's a birthday because we always want to keep our focus on you and not just on the birthday party <clears throat> and so because Lord you have taught me and shown me down through the years when you are acknowledged first uh, the fun is deeper the fun is more memorable the fun is better and uh, uh, contrary to what people think, you have never uh, been interested in taking away fun from people. Uh, you want us to understand that you really can't have fun unless we're in right relationship with you. For you're the father of fun and joy and peace and happiness. You get glory when we are that way and when we are celebrating and doing that and praise and honor because when we celebrate a person's birthday, we celebrate you for you're the giver of life. And so, Holy Father God, help us to celebrate today in that way, understanding that tomorrow is not promised any of us. And Holy Father God, I pray that you will help us to be sober-minded throughout this day, vigilant and watchful, crush and crucify our flesh and the old man within us for those of us who are saved, and fill us afresh and anew with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord, of your Holy Spirit for now, throughout this day, and for the service tonight. And uh, Holy Father God, I do pray that you would uh, deliver each and every one of us who name the name of Christ in my family and who are born again and saved in this audience, in this country and around the globe. And 
and deliver us from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, live right, think right, and do right, and act right, and do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And uh, Holy Father God, no matter how exciting this day is, no matter how beautiful it is, no matter how much we want to celebrate, help us to remain sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful. Help us to pray without ceasing. Lord, uh, help somebody to be a designated driver in the sense that somebody stays sober, sober and vigilant and watchful while the party is going on. For oftentimes when everybody is caught up in celebrating and not being sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful, the devil attacks. Many bad things have happened at celebrations down through the years. So help us to do what you said to your disciples the night before you died. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So grant us the power of your Holy Spirit and mine on this Saturday. That it does not end up in tragedy, but it ends up in victory. By your helping us to pray without ceasing, praying always. For you said in a parable, the precept part of the parable, men ought always to pray and not to faint. And so, Holy Father God, I do pray that you would help those of us who are saved in my family, in this audience, in this country, and around the globe. Help us to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you, our first love. in a very real sense, each and every one of us. For if we don't, Lord, we will never see revival and we will never see an awakening. And so, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that, Lord, you would save the lost souls in our family who are still caught up in darkness and uh, because they love darkness rather than light, uh, who want to fake as a Christian but does not want to be a Christian. They love their sin more than they love light. They love darkness rather than light. They love their evil they're caught up in their evil and they hate they hate those even in the family <coughs> who try to separate them from their evil by believing in Christ <coughs> and they hate with a great hatred uh, and so Holy Father God I pray that you will open their blinded eyes and unstop their deaf ears 
and save their souls even today. Have your Holy Spirit, Lord, and whatever else you do to convict people. I don't know all that you do. I just know that you do it. I do pray, Lord, that you would do that thing in each person's life. I pray first for my wife, Marika White, not to embarrass her. As she knows, I've been praying for her to get saved for 34 years when I realized after we got married, this woman is religious, interested in church, but lost. And uh, and that's just, and, and of course, uh, any husband would be in, uh, would uh, suffer uh, embarrassment to have to say that publicly. Uh, no husband wants to have to say that about his wife. No husband who is born again and say wants to say anything negative about their wives publicly. And some are in prison because of it, a spiritual prison. And so, Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of my wife's mother, her aunts. Uh, I believe that they're all lost. I, I believe she came from a lost family. Uh, I pray for her siblings. Uh, Diane responded well to a question that was uh, presented to her, her my, my daughter, my wife's sister. I hope that she's truly saved. She acted more saved than the rest of them, including my wife, sad to say. And I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you will cast the devil and the demons of hell out of them and out of my wife. For right now, she's uh, here helping in the ministry. She's not causing a problem right now. She has tried to cause problems in services before but she uh, is a hypocrite because before the services she does everything she can to prevent the services after services she turns into a witch and uh, with a bad attitude stubborn pride rebellious just like her mother just like her aunts which Brother Sammy Madison called Lady Macbeth. It's the same spirit of Judas. And it's a betrayal of you, not me. She thinks she's getting back at me, but she's trying to hurt you and hurt the cause of Christ. And uh, <clears throat> I thank you, Lord, for after 34 years, you're uh, blessing me to be transparent about this uh, because it helps many other servants of the Lord and people who are dealing with the same thing in their own family but didn't want to say anything about it, afraid to say anything about it. I pray for the salvation of my own mother and my two sisters. I believe that they're lost because they're in disobedience, gross disobedience to you with their self-proclaimed uh, 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 calling themselves apostles and bishops and pastors over men in the church uh, when my brother-in-law would be a great bishop uh, if he if he has kept his nose clean uh, a very loving man just like my dad uh, 
and as far as I'm concerned, he is a real brother, and um, and he should not be ruled over by my mother or by my sister, his wife, uh, which I don't know if they're even together anymore. Lord, thou knowest. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and for all of my other family members who are lost, I hear that one or two of them are homosexuals, so maybe uh, three or four of them now on my, on my wife's side, and uh, one who was adopted, and is strangely uh, uh, studying theology, but uh, supposed to be a homosexual. Uh, or at least supporting of homosexuality. And then uh, I heard that there's a cousin, a couple of cousins who are homosexuals as well. They're religious and church going, but they're lost. And Lord, you know who they are, and I pray that whatever, the, whatever is that pressure you put on people, whatever you do in the hearts of people to get saved as you did in, did in my life, I pray that you would do that and not let them go and not let up off of them until they repent, until they believe in Christ and repent of their sins. And uh, Lord, if we never meet up again as family, that's okay with me. Because uh, I, I uh, uh, want to uh, do what your Holy Word says and separate from people who uh, are going contrary to your Word. And I, I really don't want any parts of that foolishness. And just because they're family, I have to tell the truth not only to strangers, but to them too. And so, Lord, have a blanket power, if you will, Lord, of your Holy Ghost to fall upon them and open their blinded eyes, convict them, trouble them to no end, help them to understand that they're going to go to hell and burn forever because of their rejection of you and their sins. I pray the same prayer for all of the people in this audience and their family members in this country and around the globe. And uh, Holy Father God, uh, I can't preach hard against the sins of strangers and not preach hard against my own family members and their sins. And uh, I thank you for wiring me in such a way that uh, I, I really am not bothered by uh, us not being that close. Uh, and so, let your will be done. If they're true brothers and sisters in Christ, we can be close. Uh, but uh, you have made it clear to me from your Holy Word, and you have prepared me for this by telling me and others who are born again and saved that your greatest enemies will be they of your own household. And you've shown me that the devil will make it so. Uh, your own family members will turn against you. So I, I'm prepared for that. And thank you for blessing me to preach on that years ago with the help of my oldest son, Daniel White the Fourth, who did a magnificent job on that series.
And uh, Holy Father God, I pray that he would remember it and uh, continue to stand with his father in the ministry. And uh, I pray for all of my children to continue to stand with their father in the ministry because they have uh, they've seen it uh, from the beginning, particularly in the internet age. They may not recall uh, all of the ministry we did for right at 20 years before the internet internet age took over, but they have played a big part in the internet age. In fact, we would never be where we are. We would not be where we are in the internet age without my children, without your leading my children and teaching them and helping them to help get the gospel out around the world to millions of people. And so I give you the glory, praise, and honor. Help them never to forget that. And help them not to allow family members and their church members to turn them away from their legacy and their history of what they have done to turn, help their father uh, turn the church upside down and uh, the world upside down with the gospel, at least in warning them uh, to get saved and warning them about their sin in the church. And so, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that, Lord, you would uh, lift all burdens and cares and worries and anxieties from our hearts as Christians and those of us who are born again. Fill us with your peace that pass of all understanding and your joy unspeakable. Save those who are lost in the world. Revive those who are saved. Heal those who are sick. Comfort those who are grieving. and mourning. Our Lord, all around the globe, uh, the people in Ukraine are, over a million people are without electricity. They can't fix the stuff fast enough, uh, but millions who have suffered from the coronavirus plague, some people are still suffering. Their personalities have even changed. And if you don't intervene, Lord, they're gonna, it's going to be permanent. And uh, Holy Father God, <clears throat> comfort these people as only you can who are suffering from many things. Lord, just a few minutes ago, it was reported that in a road rage in Florida, somebody was shot, I believe killed, shot in the head, probably over nothing. And so, Holy Father God, I do pray that you will comfort that family and the family of millions of people who have lost loved ones uh, through murder. And, uh, Lord, I also pray that, Lord, please take these things out of our lives for those of us who are saved, if you are through using them to keep us humble to break us, to make us, and to mold us. If not, keep these things in our lives and help us to do as Paul did and take pleasure in our infirmities, our reproaches, our 
persecutions, our tribulations. And so, Lord, deliver us as you see fit with that in mind from all of our distresses and afflictions, tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, and tensions. Thank you, Lord, for hearing a prayer uh, for a certain need, and thank you for answering that prayer. And, uh, Lord, I do pray that you would deliver us as your children from all spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debts, and student progress problems in my family. Lord, help everybody to move forward with the education because it will add a dimension in their lives that uh, will help them throughout their lives <clears throat> and allow them to advance further and faster quickly. Uh, that's what a good education will do. Uh, it has the ability to cut to the chase. And Lord, I do pray uh, that, and I thank you for remembering mercy and grace in the midst of chastisement and rebuke and punishment that we deserve. Let your will be done. Thank you for allowing things to be as well as they are. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today. As my daughter uh, Daniqua celebrates her birthday, for we have come a mighty long way by faith. And help us all to remember that song, we've come this far by faith. Lord, if you would remind me, help us to sing it tomorrow morning. Uh, and uh, Holy Father God, I pray that you will bless us and protect us throughout this day. But thank you, Lord, for protecting all of us for the thousands of days you've already protected us. For, Lord, you know we should not even be alive. We should not have the health that we do. It's only by your mercy and your grace that you've blessed my family so much, blessed me and thus my family so much, down through the years. Lord, help have it to be so that none of my children will forsake you trying to fit in with a demonic family and demonic family members. Lord, help none of my children forsake you trying to fit, a, uh, fit in with a demonic hypocritical church uh, and other hellacious people who want to see them taken down because you raise them up so much and because you use them to help a ministry and help their father an evangelist and prophet to preach the gospel to the world to travel before the internet age to travel around the world physically to preach the gospel and then something that I didn't see coming, the internet allowing me to preach live and on demand around the world in multiple ways. Right now I'm being heard on a podcast 
branch uh, podcast service that allows the podcast to go out live and then they lock it down for on demand automatically. And Lord, this was unheard of just years ago, a few years ago. And I am live around the world through another system available around the world for people to listen and to watch. And then uh, my son Daniel Ezekiel locks it down, video and audio, for on demand. While I'm preaching, there's a screen in here right now. I'm, while I'm preaching live, there's an, another screen, I mean another video playing on the same screen that I preached last year around this time. A message that I preached last year around this time. So, Holy Father God, I give you the glory, praise, and honor. People can curse the internet as they cursed the television, as they cursed the radio. But it is what we do with it that matters. Yes, there are some, even some so-called church folk, who use the internet for evil purposes. But... Uh, we thank God for those who wisely, who are born again and saved and who wisely use it for your glory, praise, and honor. You're the one who created it. You're the one who created it so that the gospel can hit every nook and cranny of the earth down to the smallest village. More so than television and more so than radio. For they have a circle reach that does not get the nook and cranny places in the corners of their world. <clears throat> but now through the internet, uh, even the nook and cranny places in the corners of the world can get the truth and the gospel. And all three ought to be used, if possible, because you created it. You're the one who gave these geniuses their genius to put something together that is that has a godlike quality where we can be in multiple places at one time as i am preaching live around the world i have podcasts that are going on live and i don't have to touch it it's it's, it's already done i mean it's live to the people listening no matter what time of day it is in the world and then I'm preaching, I'm preaching on video on the same screen that is right before me. And, and, and when they go to the screen of BCNN1, they will see the same thing all around the world. And we don't have to touch it. It's automatic. Because of the genius that you gave mankind. And some may have meant it for evil, but you have made it for good so that people can hear the gospel and be saved. I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for that. Protect us all in our family from the devil, from sin. Protect us, Lord, from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. And, uh, Lord, I do pray that you will place upon us the whole arm of God, 
Surround us with a band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us through the precious blood of Christ. And make us, Lord, to be whiter than snow on the inside. And, Lord, have everything we do and say not only in this service, but after the services, behind the scenes. And I pray, I pray this especially for my wife, who I believe is lost. As I told her yesterday, even though you're not saved, I pray, uh, I told her she needs to act like many other people have acted and act like you have some sense and control yourself uh, for your own good and for your own uh, peace sake that hopefully you can get from somewhere. And, uh, and I pray to you, Holy Father God, once again today, as I prayed yesterday, that if she does not choose to do that uh, and be obedient uh, so that there's a peaceful atmosphere at all times, I pray that, Holy Father God, on this Saturday, uh, once again, you will restrain her and control her so that she cannot be used by the devil to try to hinder your work, even though she can't, uh, never has, uh, because I never allowed her to do that. In fact, I have preached more because she has been so devilish in that way down through the years that if she had not been that way, I probably would have preached less. And so it all falls out, as Paul said, for the furtherance of the gospel. And people like her don't realize how they push the gospel forward by being a thorn in the flesh. Such is your way. And Lord, which is, as the old folks used to say, uh, you, you have some mysterious ways, and I agree with that. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor for that. And Lord, I pray today also that you'll have everything we do, everything we say, to be done for your glory, praise, and honor uh, in front of the scenes and behind the scenes. And that we glorify, uh, that everything we say and do be done for the glory, praise, and honor of Jesus Christ, your Holy Son. And Holy Father God, one of the things that you've done in my life by leading me to preach every day is I have no interest in the scintillating things in this world that some people are so excited about uh, and you have taught me to realize that that's all they have is a football game which is going to depress them or excite them temporarily. And I thank you for delivering me from that, not because I tried to be delivered, but that's just your work that you do in the hearts of your children. We, we slowly but surely distance ourselves from the world that we do not love. We don't love any part of it, even though we thank you for the benefits you have bestowed upon us. I give you all of the glory, praise, and honor. Have it to be so throughout this day, even a day of celebration for my family as we celebrate another birthday. And we give you the glory, praise, and honor 
and uh, for all of it is due your name. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Those of you who are watching, according to my son Daniel Ezekiel, who is another part of, he's a part of the trio who they have blown me away with their faithfulness and consistency. My youngest three children. That normally does not happen in a family when you have as many children as my wife and I have seven the number of perfection uh, these children do not have to do a thing they do it because of God in their lives and God's influence in their lives Daniel Ezekiel Daniqua the birthday girl Daniqua Grace and Danielle Elizabeth of Bree Love, my youngest three, they're responsible for me being here in front of you today, humanly speaking. They set me up beautifully, laid a great foundation along with their other sisters and brother, a great foundation that perpetuates the ministry, even in my old age. And I give God the glory, praise, and honor. But anyway, he has informed me that uh, you can hear me preach live on Black Christian News. That's the site that I was praying about. In fact, if you go to blackchristiannews.com or bcnn1.com right now, I'm preaching live in the big screen and uh, I, there's a video playing at the same time of a message I preached last year around this time my September the 15th to Christmas sweep 100 days of preaching the gospel and preaching the Word of God and then there's over 49 um, podcasts, I mean, four, nearly 50 podcasts, put it that way, it's 48 or 49, whatever it is, different podcasts going on right now, available to you. Just type in my name, Daniel White III, or Gospel Light Society podcast. And well, anyway, he, he told me that you can hear me preaching live, yes, on Black Christian News, but uh, the main sites really are GospelLightSociety.com uh, and Daniel Ezekiel since I'm telling them this you can go ahead on and check that and make sure that's the case uh, Gospel Light House of Prayer go to church online you should see me twice there as well I mean two different things one live one not live and we we have so many platforms so sometimes you may not see the same things and so um, other things are going on and 
uh, DanielWhiteTheThird.com. You should be able to see me there. Facebook on um, Daniel White the Third Facebook. Gospel Light Society Facebook. BlackChristianNews.com Facebook. And on and on. And uh, so we thank God for that kind of outreach. But we would not have that kind of outreach if it had not been for God blessing me with seven children who, when the internet age hit, they were right at an age where they could grasp it and run with it. Whereas to this day, their mother nor I, we, we don't have a clue how to even be, we can barely send an email. That's a, that, and that's a struggle. And uh, before you laugh at us, some of you older people too, you, you, you're the same way, you're worse than we are. So stop laughing. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. Today, my beloved, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. At one of my favorite passages in the Word of God, and this is one of my uh, daughter's, uh, Danae's, when she was younger, one of her favorite books, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Oh, I wish I could preach. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh. But the earth abideth forever. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he arose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full unto the place from whence the rivers come thither thither they return again all things are full of labor man cannot utter it the eye is not satisfied with seeing nor the ear filled with hearing 
The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven, thank you so much for reminding us of your holy word. Thank you, Lord, for leading us to be on this journey. For we are so depraved and so wicked and so evil in our natural state, so full of our sinful nature, that no matter how many times we have read your holy word in the past, when we read it again, it impacts our lives like we've never read it before. And it's so wonderful and so good to be reminded of your holy word on a daily basis that we don't lose ourselves, lose our minds, and destroy ourselves. Every time we read your holy word, it, it is a wake-up call. There's something about it. Thank you for your Holy Ghost reminding us and speaking to our hearts from your holy word. Save those who are lost. Revive those who are saved. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, Do you know I have family members who hate the fact that I preach? Particularly on my wife's side. And uh, uh, some others. And it, it put me in the mind. I had a couple of, uh, two or three of my wife's family too stopped by and they made it clear evidently they listened to me a lot that they hated the fact that I preached and what I preached they made it clear they made that a particular point they hate the fact that I preach the gospel and I preach the whole counsel of God Evidently, uh, they're under conviction about their own sins. And it put me in mind of, I believe it was Stephen who preached a very regular message, but it made the people so infuriated that they, they took off their coats and jackets, gave them to Paul, and, threw, and stoned Stephen to death. He's the only man that it was recorded that Jesus stood up in heaven off of his throne. That's the only man that Jesus Christ gave a standing ovation. Now see, these people didn't know what they were doing. This is why Jesus said when he was being crucified, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now Stephen, he was not that, not that spiritual, and so he couldn't say anything like that. Uh, 
all he knew is that those rocks was hitting him upside his head. Those stones. They don't realize it. My family members don't realize it. But they're demon possessed. These are demons that make you say stupid things like that. You, 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 you're showing what you really are. And that same spirit is in my own wife, Marika White. For 34 years, she has resisted and tried to hinder my preaching the gospel. She has not, she was not as blatant uh, as her family members, but that's where it comes from. It's a generational curse. It's a demonic spirit caught up in their family. Uh, uh, the children were willing and ready to help in the ministry. I mean, big time, and they did so. But she, she showed her hatred for God and for the Word of God by trying to hinder the services. Before the services especially, oftentimes during the service, and if the devil didn't use her those two times, the devil would use her after the services. See, it's a demonic spirit caught up in her family. See, and I have a few in my own family who, they don't like the fact that I preach the truth, even when it hits them. And see, you must understand, for a true preacher, he's going to hit himself too. Hypocritical preachers don't they don't they don't preach against their sins. But true preachers of God, they can't help it. It's going to hit him too. So you don't worry about that. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Uh The standing between the living and the dead uh, service family members. This is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International, with the Scripture and the Sense podcast. Thank you, Daniel Ezekiel. Appreciate it. Episode number 1013, <clears throat> where I simply read the Word of God and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source, such as the Bible Knowledge Commentary and or the Matthew Henry Commentary. or some other reputable commentary or study Bible. God has blessed this generation with great tools. Some 40 years ago, we had to carry a whole bunch of books around. And now you can go online and get everything you need. By the way, write this down. I'll write this down. I need to 
Daniel Ziegler, write this down. We need to contact that organization out in Washington State. I, I don't want to say their name right now. And I probably can't. <laughs> um, they have a Greek name. So remind me to contact them on Monday. Um, very gifted group of people. Anyway. This podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, where it says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book and the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them, the people that is, to understand the reading. The aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the Word of God and the giving of the sense of it, it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened and that everybody would get saved from the burning hell by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ who said the most loving, the most magnificent, and the most important words in the history of the world to mankind. For he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so, dear friend, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior in the free pardon of your sins, may I introduce you to him. May I preach the good news to you, the gospel, so that you can understand how to be saved from the burning hell. by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. This is truth. This is the really real. This is a reality. And all you need to do is have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he said to do. For whosoever, the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
So once you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you believe in your heart that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, call on his name, pray the sinner's prayer, and ask him to save your soul. For Jesus Christ said, God so loved the world. That's the motivation behind this salvation. God, it originated with God. God loves you <coughs> even though you have failed him by sinning against him, by breaking the Ten Commandments of God. For the Bible says we all have sinned. <coughs> pardon me, and come short of the glory of God. We have fallen short of His glory, of His standard, His holiness. And God is God, God is good, and God is love. And He wants us to be holy like He is. He created us. The Holy Word of God says, Be ye holy as I am holy. And we are not holy, are we? Will you shame the devil and tell the truth? You're not holy. No matter how beautiful you are, how many of you, male and female, how many of you know beautiful women, out of this world beauty, but they're wicked and they're evil, the wicked sinners and liars and disobedient. How many of you know men who look handsome in the eyes of women? Great, Tom Selleck-like, but they're wicked and they're evil, debauched, with no character. We, and just like we defile ourselves with sin and make ourselves look ugly in the sight of others, we have defiled this earth. And so we don't even see the beauty of it as we should because of our own inner sin, our sinful nature, our corrupt nature, our depraved nature. Don't put it past anybody to do anything evil and ungodly. In fact, Jesus Christ said, we love darkness more than we love light. All creeping for the most part, committing of adultery and fornication is done in the nighttime. All clubbing for the most part with lust and evil and uh, wickedness and murder happens at night for the most part. It's getting worse now because people are doing it in the daytime. One lady said last night on a news program, a black lady, she says living in her neighborhood, she dare not go out at night. She, she, she waits for the daytime to go outside, to do anything. And and, and she said, you still have to be careful then. 
we have sinned against God. We have come short of his lighted glory. And uh, the wages, the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. <clears throat> we die because of our wicked sins, lying, stealing. What the Bible calls purloining. You know, you, you may not uh, go rob a diamond store, but you rob your husband or you rob your family of what you think are little things and then lying about it. There's no small sin in God's sight. God is disgusted with sin. The Bible says God is angry with the wicked every day because of their sins. Lust after people and things. Covetousness after what other people have, thinking that God cannot do it for you. So you covet it and you lust after it so much so you try to take what belongs to somebody else. All adultery really is, is your stealing somebody else for your gratification from somebody else who rightfully has that person in their lives. Adultery is a form of stealing. Fornication is a form of stealing. You're stealing that the purity of that woman or that man before you got married, which is a form of adultery. Uh, you're taking away from what others could have beforehand, which oftentimes messes up marriages and causes people to get a divorce. Why? Because they have been defiled. And it messes with people. All sin messes with your mind and your psychology. Dishonoring of parents, hatred of parents, <clears throat> Disrespecting your parents, disobeying your parents, it's no small thing in God's sight. It may be small in your sight, but not in God's sight. The betraying of your parents, turning away from your parents so that you can be accepted with demon-possessed people. Hatred of God, dishonoring God by taking his name in vain, when you tell a lie and you swear to God and you affirm to God about something you know is a lie, you, you care more for yourself and covering your behind than you care about God in respecting God and honoring God. Homosexuality is a sin against God no matter what the LGBTQ liars tell you. It is not only a sin, it is an abomination in God's sight. You say, what is an abomination? It's something very bad. Have you done that against God? Have you sinned against God? That makes you guilty and deserving of hell. One sin that you do not allow Jesus Christ to cover by believing in him will put you in hell. Why? Because God is perfectly holy. He cannot allow 
anybody into his heaven who has not believed in his son, Jesus Christ. And so where do you go when you die if you're not saved? Jesus Christ himself said repeatedly, you go to a burning, tormenting hell. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than all of the prophets in the Bible and all of the apostles in the Bible. He preached on hell more than he did about heaven. Why? Because he loves you. And he was providing a way for you to escape hell and not go to hell. That's why he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That means he gave up his only begotten son to be the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. That's what John the Baptist said. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. That means all of our sin. And all you have to do is believe in him. Nobody else and nothing else. Do not believe in church membership. Do not believe in singing in the choir. Do not believe in working in the church. Do not believe your faithful attendance to the church will save you. Do not believe in giving money to the church. And helping old ladies across the street or going down to the old folks home as we used to call it. None of that will save you. Only belief. Only belief in Jesus Christ as Jesus Christ said. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, that word whosoever means you. There's no word like whosoever in the English language. It means anybody at any time. Red, yellow, black, and white. We're all precious in God's sight. God loves everybody. We may not love everybody because we're stupidly sinful and wicked. But God loves everybody. Including you with your bad, evil self. I know you may have uh, feelings of inferiority because of your sin and all of that. And that's fine. I know you may feel like you're not worthy. You, that's true. That's a good feeling. You're a great candidate to get saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, Jesus Christ said. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. Should not perish. That is perish in hell. But have everlasting life. So when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, several things happen. Number one, your sins will be forgiven covered and taken away you will be acquitted not because you're not guilty but because of what Jesus Christ did for you the lawyer who never lost a case number two you will be delivered from the prison house of hell and number three delivered when you die to a place called heaven be with God, to be with Jesus Christ, to be with the other saints of God, and to be with the angels in the most marvelous place in the universe. Did you see the pillars of creation? Now, it is it, something for the scientists to call it that. And one scientist was asked, uh, with with these pillars of creation, you you people, you scientists, call it that. 
so the 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 secular reporter asked him uh, hey then w w this right here this beautiful thing we're looking at that creates stars on his own uh, should we believe in a higher power should we believe in God you know what the scientist said he said uh, and this is rare for a scientist uh, he said, uh, uh, I believe it ought to make you think uh, think about that. That's what he said. And, and that's what you need to think about. There's a God. You, you didn't come from some monkey, some, some little tadpole. Man, come on. No. You can't. God created you. And you messed up. We messed up. Our, our ancestors messed up with sin. Therefore making us sinners. We have a sinful nature, but we have chosen to sin as well. You can't blame them. Every time you lie, you choose to lie. And it's marked down in heaven. God knows everything. You may think Google knows everything about you, but, but God, God knows everything about you. God made Google. Uh, remember that now. Don't get all caught up in that. And all you need to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. As you believe in your heart, pray and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart to save your soul, and he will save you. So follow me in prayer, my beloved. If you want to be saved from the burning hell, and uh, saved to the, that beautiful place called heaven, way beyond the pillars of creation. That's something God made that, like he made other things that has the seed within itself and it continues to produce. Heaven is way past that beautiful thing. And you don't want to miss heaven, my dear friend. So if you want to be saved to heaven and from hell, follow me in the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart. Only pray it if you mean it. Only pray it if you're sincere. And understand that tonight is not promised you. Tomorrow is not promised you. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. The Bible presses from the Old, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. You must understand that today is the only day you really have. Tomorrow is not promised you, man. That's 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 not promised you. You don't you don't know if you're gonna make it to tomorrow. Many people thought they they, they thought to uh, wait until another day to get saved, and they died before that day, and they're in hell today. Don't make that mistake. This is real talk. You're not gonna hear this anywhere else and uh, for the most part so follow me in prayer the sinner's prayer holy father God I admit that I am a sinner I've committed uh, those sins or many of those sins that the preacher talked about for Jesus Christ's sake 
Please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins, my failures, and my faults. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son that you gave the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Holy Father God, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for all of my ugly and wicked sins was buried and rose on the third, third day by your power. <clears throat> Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit to save my soul today. <clears throat> Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of my sins. Help me to change. Help me to turn from my evil ways and to follow you in the newness of life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your holy name I pray, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and you prayed that prayer in sincerity, may I say to you, congratulations. You are now a born-again Christian. You have been saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven according to the word of God I preached from today. It's not my word, not my feelings, not your feelings that we need to focus on. Focus on the word of God. And remember the word of God. Meditate on the word of God. Read the Word of God now that you're saved. And uh, go to gospellightsociety.com so that you can get your free book titled What to Do After, I in, after You Enter Through the Door. Uh, Jesus Christ said, I am the door. You just entered in through that door by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, if you read this book, uh, you will find the next steps for a young Christian as to what a young Christian ought to do to become a strong Christian disciple. Also, we are available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you have any questions, email us immediately. If you need prayer, you have an emergency situation, email us immediately. Also, let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you. Also, um, we have more materials available for you. You can go to Gospel Light Society Podcast right now. Just type that in or type in my name, Daniel White the Third Podcast. 
and uh, we have thousands of podcasts that I have done personally and some others have done on my team and uh, and uh, you can uh, take advantage of those and if you listen to everyone you will receive one of the greatest Bible college educations or seminary educations known to mankind uh, because uh, uh, the material comes from my years of Bible college, uh, Christian college, and theological seminary training. And, uh, and so uh, you will grow, grow, grow if you listen uh, to those podcasts. I mean, dealing with prayer, dealing with Bible reading, dealing with like what we're getting ready to do right now, the scripture and the sense. That's an edu- that's a that's a seminary education by itself. Because it's we do the same thing that the great Dallas Theological Seminary does. We teach you the Bible all sixty six books. Little by little, here a little, there a little verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Uh, So, I mean, and it's free of charge. The education is free of charge and it's the greatest education in the world uh, because the greatest education in the world is Bible education. That's right. I believe that if you just study the Bible alone, you'll be able to do quite well in life. Quite well and better than many others. Anyway, today, my beloved, we're reading Matthew chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. Some people think I ought to, including my wife, after preaching the gospel and the word of God nearly seven years, that I ought to quit. Nearly every day for seven years. That's what we're talking about. And uh, people don't understand when God calls a man to preach that's what he had better do. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. And with the day approaching, as it is approaching, we as preachers who are called by God need to preach more. And uh, some of you pastors, you need to preach every day to your flock, particularly during this time with plagues and wars and everything happening you better preach while you got a chance dr tony evans recently was out in colorado what was he doing preaching teaching he put it all over me he's doing things in a different fashion but at plus 70 years old 
he's still preaching every day. He's doing something for God. Dr. Charles Stanley said, there's no such thing as retirement. You preach the gospel until you die. He's over 90 years old, and he's still putting in 30 hours a week, preaching the word of God, ministering to people, praying for people. And so I'm calling upon every God-called preacher. I'm not calling upon you fake preachers, because you're not going to do it. You're not going to be faithful. But every God-called preacher, I'm not calling any volunteers like Andy Stanley, either. All God-called preachers, I want to urge you to, to preach a devotional message every day. Do something, if nothing else. Preach every Wednesday. Don't put anybody else in your place to do that. You preach. Preach every Sunday. Your people want to hear you preach. God put you there. And they want to hear you. They don't want to hear your wife. Are you crazy? Have you lost your righteous mind if you ever had one? The people, even the women, don't want to hear your wife, man, pastor. Nobody wants, uh, the women want to hear their pastor. That's right. They don't want to hear your wife. They don't care anything about that. And you need to stop pumping her up. Trying to make people clap for her when she does not deserve a clap. You clap for her. Keep her at home. And you clap for her and make sure she takes care of your children. She needs to help you preach. The women don't want to hear her unless she, I mean, and particularly uh, if she's not going to teach them how to be a good wife and a good mother. And she wants to preach like you from the book of Obadiah. They don't need that. They need to hear the book of Obadiah from you. What they need to hear from her is be a good wife to your husband. And be a good mother. The Bible has a whole lot to say about that. Why we don't have women saying something about that. And if you're, if you're a woman and you call yourself a preacher, if you don't preach on that, you're not preaching. You ain't not, you're not doing anything. Even on Wednesday night, preacher, male preacher, nobody wants to hear your wife, man. They want to hear from you. And, and, and they, don't, they really don't want to hear from a whole bunch of other men. They want to hear from you. It's not, this is not a vaudeville. You bring in people to keep people interested. You preach the word of God. If they're not interested in that, you don't have a church in the first place. Jack. Dr. John McNeil uh, taught the world about that. You just preach the word and you be faithful and you be there and you preach the word of God. And the saved people will come. The lost people, uh, uh, you know, the crowd that killed Jesus, they're not going to come. Anyway. All God called preachers ought to be preaching every day now. I've done it for seven years, nearly seven years. By the grace of God, you can do it. And when I see a hundred and seventy preachers do it, I may I may sit down and and rest a while. 
because see what will happen to you preacher it will cause you to distance yourself from the world and hate the world like Jesus like the Bible says and love not the world but love them with God's love to witness to them and preach to them the people And it will energize you more to serve God. Just as much as you were blessed at the hearts of people, it will be a blessing to your heart. You need it. You need to serve God every day like that. Anyway, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests, and scribes of the people together. He demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Holy Father God, we thank you for your holy word. By the power of your Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts, our minds, our souls and spirits and help us to understand your holy word, to love it more, to cherish it more, to obey it more and to apply it to our lives more. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray, and to witness more, and to preach the gospel more. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, and for his sake, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I just read in your hearing Matthew chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. Now here is the sense of it, here is the understanding of it. with the help of the Holy Ghost and the BKC of Dallas Theological Seminary. Edited by Dr. Walvert and Dr. Zuck. It is no surprise that King Herod was disturbed when the Magi came to Jerusalem. Looking for the one who had been born king Herod was not the rightful king from the line of David. In fact, he was not even a descendant of Jacob, but was descended from Esau and thus was an Edomite. He reigned over Palestine from 37 BC to 4 BC. This fact caused most of the Jews to hate him 
and never truly to accept him as king, even though he did much for the country. If someone had been rightfully born king, then Herod's job was in jeopardy. He therefore called the Jewish scholars together and inquired where the Christ was to be born. Interestingly, Herod connected the one born king of the Jews with the Christ, the Messiah. Obviously, Israel had a messianic hope and believed that the Messiah would be born. The answer to Herod's question was simple because Micah the prophet had given the precise location centuries before. The Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. This answer from the people's chief priests and teachers of the law was apparently carried back to the Magi by Herod himself. Then Herod asked them when they had first seen their star this became critical later in the account. It showed that Herod was already contemplating a plan to get rid of this young king. He also instructed the Magi to return and tell him the location of this king so that he might come and worship him. That was not, however, what he had in mind. In fact, he wanted to kill the little child Jesus. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for sending your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, our Savior, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose on the third day, and who is now sitting at your right hand. Lord Jesus Christ, we give you the glory, praise, and honor as well. Help us, Lord, to be good disciples, good followers of you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are still, or rather we're going to move over to the family uh, segment where uh, I call these, uh, this passage of scripture the family verses, the family commandments of God. If you want your family to work and to last, the husband and the wife, and yes, the children must obey these commandments. We are still in that unique passage where God speaks to the man and to the woman. And these are not suggestions. These are not pieces of advice that you can bend and break and make in your, into your own image. For that is the problem with the American family and most other families. You think it is yours, and so you treat it as yours, 
and you feel like you can make the rules for your own marriage and family. Everybody's marriage and family can do what they want to do, and that's not the case. God has given us the rules for marriage. And rules and directions make things work. Most of us, we're so proud, we may buy a product and we, come on now, let's tell the truth. We don't read the instructions. We have our mind made up how it ought to work. And oftentimes we set it up wrong. And most families have done that. And the marriage is set up wrong, messed up. And if you start wrong, you're going to continue wrong. And it's going to get worse and it's going to end up wrong. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular. And, and let me just say this. Lost people are, go are, going, to, are going to definitely do it their way. which is going to be a mess. If you have a marriage where one is saved and the other is lost, that is going to be a problem. Because they, they want to do marriage their way. See? See? Uh, uh, let me put it this way. I told my wife before we got married, we're not going to do it her family's way because they, they ended up in divorce, a violent divorce. We're not going to do it my parents' way because they were separated several times, but thank God they didn't divorce. I don't know why they didn't, probably because neither one of my parents had their parents in the same home for whatever reason. I know my, daughter, my, my mother, she was hurt that her father and mother divorced. And he took the boys, and she took uh, my mother. That you know, that's what they they did crazy stuff like that in the South. That is terrible. That's terrible. And and maybe my mother held on to the marriage because she didn't want to do that to her children. I don't know. But I I do as the oldest child. I do thank God they stayed together. Because divorce, I don't care who you are, it will leave a hole in your soul. I believe that it, it, it has hurt my, there's no excuse for her behavior, but it has hurt my wife. I don't think she ever recovered from it. I don't believe any of the, her siblings recovered from it. It leaves a hole in your soul and will impact your marriage in the future. So... And I told my wife that now if you don't keep your word, this is before marriage. Now, if, if you're willing to do it, Ephesians 5 and 6 way, let's get married. If you're not willing to do that, then uh, uh, we don't need to get married. And I told her we're not going to do it your parents' way or my parents' way. We're going to do it God's way or no way. And I told her that if you don't if you don't keep your word in doing that, all bets are off. And uh and and, and there's nothing uh, uh uh on the table or off the table, whatever that phrase means. And so once we got into the marriage 
my wife started dialing up what happened in her mother and father's marriage. And she, she got into this spirit and, and into this mode where she wanted it to be, you know, not between us and God, but between us. See, that's what that's the mistake you make. You make it about you and the spouse. That's not good. Because it's not just between you and the spouse. And so God showed me early on that I need to focus on we don't wrestle against flesh and blood in dealing with this woman. Because she wants to make this some kind of personal thing. And God showed me early on not to allow her to do that. I took that from her. This is not going to be a personal thing between you and me. Like it was between my parents. God was not even in the picture. Or your parents. God was not even in the picture. Uh, and the devil was big time. And the devil was in my family as well. No prayer. No Bible reading. No acknowledging of God. Just you and me. That equals hell. And so the reason why. By the grace of God. Uh, I have had order in my marriage and family. Is because I, I was. I was directed to do it God's way. According to Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6. In chapter 6 it talks about. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You understand that? So. I never let my wife. To this day. Do what most people do. And that is. This is between you and me. Don't bring God in it. Don't, uh, don't bring the devil in it. Uh, it's between you and me. That's what lost people want to do. They think like that. They think constantly flesh and blood. They have no vision of God or Jesus Christ or the devil trying to destroy their relationship. And if I was not saved, my wife and I would not be together today in our uh, empty nest years. It's a marvelous thing to be together for a year or two or whatever before the children come. It's a more wonderful thing to have seven children back to back, two years apart, because if you nurse the children, that's how they're going to come. While you're nursing one child, God's not going to allow. You're still having sex. All kinds of sex. But the next child is not coming until about two years. A while past the time you weaned that child, see. That's all in God's plan. Most of you don't know that. You've never known it because we, you know, our generation, my generation and going backwards have been on the bottle of some kind of formula, some man-made. And so the babies came right after each other. Some women got pregnant within the next month or two. Doing it that way. All of my children are perfectly two years apart. You know why? Because... I told my wife she's going to use her breasts to nurse the children. And, we, and I, we were not going to buy milk and uh, cow's milk and Similac. Some made up mess. Now what led me to do that? Only God and the Bible. That's it. 
I mean, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know anything about that. I thought every baby was supposed to have a bottle. You supposed to warm the bottle up. You supposed to test it on your fingers and all the hand and all this. Man, that's all I saw growing up. I didn't know they were supposed to use their breasts. I know this. My siblings and I would have been healthier if we were nursed. But back in those days, the big thing was women's liberation, feminism, get a job, Gloria Steinem, and all that. See, free yourself from nursing those children. No more. Go to work. Get a job. And that sounded good to my mother, not because she was in rebellion to the traditional ways. They were coming out of Jim Crow, almost slavery. And they didn't have anything growing up. My mother might have got a little rag doll or something like that for Christmas. And so when they moved to New York, buddy, they wanted their children to have everything like the white folks. And and, and you can't blame them. I said, that's why I don't blame them. That's what they... They, they they did. That's what many black people who moved from the south to the north, that's what they did. They gave their children what they didn't have. And you would have done the same, so you don't need to be talking crazy about it. See. But I kept I kept my promise to my wife. I told her we're gonna do the Ephesians chapter Ephesians chapter five and chapter six. And if you balk against it once you get married to me. Uh, everything's off the table. All bets are off. However you say it, and I'm going to do what I have to do to do, keep it on this level right here. Based upon what the Word of God says. This is what I'm going by. And this is what you need to go by. But I found out that my wife was not only uh, in rebellion, rebellion against what the Bible says. She was lost. Not saved. And she wanted it to be between, to this day, she wants it to be between me and her. No God. Don't mention the word of God. Don't mention the Bible. Don't mention the devil uh, and stuff like that. But you have, see, if you're saved and you're spiritual, you've got to include all of that. To have peace and order in the home so that the children can grow up uh, in a good environment, a productive environment, a moving forward environment towards moving out and going on with their lives see and so I say to you husbands love your wife like like I'm getting ready to read to you wives reverence your husbands do it God's way or it's gonna be no way it's not gonna work and if and I'm talking to you husband make sure you're saved and you do it God's way and you stick by it. To this day, my wife, to this very day, she cannot enjoy nor does she uh, have the benefits or enjoy the benefits and the blessings of raising the children and seeing them do great in their life. And, and she does not enjoy that. You know why? Because she did not do her part. She did not rise to the occasion. I set her up to rise to the occasion to the, before the children came. I said, while she was pregnant with our oldest child, I said, now what your job is, is to make memories for these children. How do I know that? How did I know that? 
because I didn't have many positive memories made in my childhood from my parents. Now, you know, as a human being, what we do is psychologically, we will we'll try to come up with as much as we can. And that's that's good. That's how God has wired us. But I told her before the children came, your job is to make memories for these children. And my wife, Marika White, did not answer the bell. Now, this should not be the case with most of you. Even lost women can answer the bell. And have done so. Uh, uh, but some of you can identify with this. Either the husband didn't rise up to the occasion. Because they were just not ready for having children. And taking care of children. And, 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 and uh, you know they didn't have enough maturity or something. Or they were not raised right. In my wife's case I don't believe she was raised right. So she did not answer the bell. She did not rise to the occasion. And in life either depending on whatever it is uh, either you're going to rise to the occasion or you're not in a football season either either the quarterback is going to rise to the occasion or they're not some people because of mental a certain mentality how they were raised or whatever they don't rise to the occasion Brady is not the most talented quarterback by no means but something up in here that he got in his childhood is what made him great he's not the greatest athlete I mean look at Brady's body it's nothing 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 he's not the th strong strongest thrower of a football and so I say to Dallas fans, I say to Jerry World, I say to the Dallas Cowboys, you can get Dak back if you want. And I appreciate the fact that Dak is black and all of that. I think they ought to stay with Rush. Because he has a different mentality than Dak. Dak is not going to take, as far as I'm concerned, Dallas, Dak is not taking them to the Super Bowl. I, I believe Rush would have a better chance. He may not do it either. But Dak is a, is, is, is a black Romo. Very talented. Maybe he'll break some records like Romo did, but he will not take it to the Super Bowl. And I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. Romo should not be calling any championship games or any Super Bowls because you didn't take the Dallas Cowboys to the Super Bowl. And you didn't win any championships. Troy Aikman ought to be, he ought to be the one. I don't care. It's not right. It's not fair. I know this does not have anything to do with what I'm talking about, but I just want to say that. Get it off my chest. Again. Some people are you're not raised properly. They're so messed up spiritually. They're not saved. Psychologically, they don't, rise, they don't answer the bell. My wife, Marika White, did not answer the bell. I don't care if you like that or not. That's the reality. And that's the case with many of you. It could be a husband or wife who does not answer the bell. And, and the parent, the one parent who's left, they got to answer the bell. They, they're not going to be the kind of person, if they're saved, to where since she's not doing her job, I'm not going to make sure these children are taken care of. That's going to be done. And so that's why my children called me the father and the mother. <laughs> 
when they were young and had pure hearts. They saw it. And, and, and don't underestimate your children. They can, see, they can see the mess. And they know who truly loves them and cares for them. When they're young. Even when they're little babies and toddlers. They had to go to the mother for nourishment to suck the breasts. But as soon as she, they were weaned of, of that, they ran to me and never went back. That's a fact. Oh, now uh, my mother's mother and in-laws and aunts, devilish aunts, they're trying to... Uh, make my children uh, forget the reality of what happened I'm trying to uh, uh, make uh, uh, their mother into some kind of wonderful person and you know what I told my wife there's something called the revision of history and it never works so your mother and aunts can say all of that garbage all they want to uh, th these children know the history and they know the reality and we do have people who like to revise history, but that never works, and it's certainly not going to work here. And and I told her that God knows, you know, and I know what happened. And uh, and God gets the glory that I raised the children by myself, and they turned out great, and they've been a blessing to me since they've been gone. And, and now I'm, I'm, I'm rejoicing and thanking God for the precious memories. So husbands or wives, whoever is saved and who acts like they have sense in the marriage, do not let the other party make it a flesh and blood situation that's going to kill the marriage and destroy your family. You can't. That's exactly what the devil wants you to do. What is that? Be pitted against each other. Then you are separated. First you, you, first you start the dumb, um, what is it, silent treatment. I never let that happen. I never let that happen. I saw my mother do that mess. I've heard of many other people doing that mess. Dr. Uh, Tony Evans, after his wife died, told the congregation, don't be doing that mess. Don't do that. I mean, he, he was hurting because... As the, old, as the old Alabama woman says, he loved that woman, man. And I know she was a good woman because when he told her to support our ministry, which I know most women don't like my ministry because I'm going to tell women uh, that they need to submit to their husbands and obey their husbands. Evidently, she was doing that already. And she, did, she wrote the checks. She wrote the checks of the ministry. That's a fact. So she was a special woman. And, and, and probably none of her pastor, wife, friends would have done that. Not for Daniel White III. Because I, I, I'm, I'm unbought and unbossed, number one. And I'm going to preach what God, say, uh, God uh, said about the family. And I've been doing that for nearly 40 years. 
because the family is jacked up. The family is messed up. And where we have lost it in the most conservative conventions, conservative independent Baptist groups and independent groups that have come out of the denominations is in the family. See, you know why? Because we're hypocrites. We truly think we can have church over here and keep our wicked marriages and families over here separate from the church, not understanding that the church is made up of families, man. That is so stupid to do that. And there are pastors doing that to this day. Allowing hell in the home and think there's not going to be hell in the church. And that's why we're the worst Laodicean church in the history of the world. Why? Because we lost it on the, play, uh, on the field of, of, of the family, man. And so we got buku divorces and remarriages and God is not pleased with it and that's why the church does not have the strength to stand up against the homosexual community because the homosexual community is telling the church and the pastor oh you won't let me in well, you divorced and remarried pastor how about that over half your church is divorced and remarried some two and three times you can't tell us that we can't be members and you got all these other sinners up in here. Plus you got uh, a side piece and girlfriends on the side. Uh, how do we know, preacher? Because we're going to report you on YouTube. Preacher, pastor. And your wife is a freak as well. She's a lesbian and, and, and a bisexual as well. We know that you got somebody in the bed with you all because you're swingers. And we also got the information that your name is on Ashley Madison. You want us to report that? It caused some preachers to commit suicide. I know of two. Any questions? Don't get mad at me. That's what folks have been doing in the church for years. I'm just calling it out. That's why we're in the mess. That's why the church is in the mess it is right now, and probably will not answer the bell, down and out. Generally speaking, overall, I'm not talking about the faithful few. I'm not talking about the seven thousand. I am not talking about uh, the uh, uh, remnant, the remnant church. Thank God for them, but they out there in the woods and you know down in Podunk, you know, few in number, but they're the real church. See, marriage is a test. It, it really will prove whether or not you're saved or lost. Saved people are going to stay married. Come hell or high water, and they're going to raise their children because they fear God and they fear Jesus. <laughs> they're, not, uh, they're not stupid, man. They don't mess with God. They don't mess with Jesus and what he said. Jesus edited Moses. Jesus said, "You go ahead, you... Get a divorce without grounds and you marry enough just because you want to. You're committing adultery, causing them to commit adultery, and you're living in adultery. Well, God will forgive. God will forgive you of the initial sin, but if you're living in adultery, that means, I guess, you're going to have to confess it every day. I don't know what you're talking about. If you're living in adultery, you're living in sin, man. You've got to fix that. You understand me? 
woman, man, you need to fix it. That means you need to say, you know, we're wrong. We're wrong. Oh, yes, you know, having somebody new is exciting, but that's dead and gone. Uh, we're wrong. I feel guilty. You feel guilty. Our children over here, our children over there, and all this mess we're dealing with, it's a, it's a, it's a continual death. So I, whether you, you go back to your husband or to your wife or not, or whatever, I'm going to release you back to your original mate. And I'm going to touch base with my original spouse and see if I can get back with her or him or whatever the case might be. I know some bad things have happened so far, but I want to be right with God. I can't die like this. And then he'll forgive you permanently, if you will. But long you living in sin, I don't know what you got going on. I, I, I see. I fear God too much to be doing stuff like that, thinking I'm gonna, I'm going to be going to heaven. Well, you know, we can't lose our salvation. You may not have salvation. That's what I'm saying. See, if you thinking like that, I can divorce somebody. I can divorce my wife and, and, and get married to somebody else and, and, and deal with their stinking mess. And then put your children through hell. If you can do that, you probably lost and on your way to hell. Oh, yeah, I know the American way. They make it seem so pretty and wonderful. It's never pretty and wonderful, man. People get killed over this stuff. People get murdered over this stuff of doing that. And God knows it. That's why he does not want you to do it. You're inviting all kinds of hell on yourself for divorcing for no, with no grounds and getting married to somebody else and then marrying somebody else who's already been married. You got a quadruple adultery thing going on. Have you lost your mind? Have you lost your mind? You got a quadruple everybody committing adultery and living in adultery. And your children are catching hell and you put a hole in their soul that God gave you those children to be a blessing. That's why some of them die and all kinds of other bad things happen. So the saved party in the marriage. Don't ever let the other party, the, the devilish party, Put you on a flesh and blood grounding. <clears throat> Don't do that. It's going to it's going to go down fast, and that's what the devil wants. And the lost, devilish person in the marriage—that's what they want. They don't think that's going to go down, but they want it to be between you and them. To this day, my wife wants that. She's right here. I've never let her have it. Never. I'm going to always keep it on a spiritual grounding and foundation. She's never won a victory. My wife has never won a victory in our marriage and family. Not once. Because I'm committed to Ephesians 5 and 6. We do this or we do nothing. And if she wants to walk away from that, and I, I've told her this for 34 years, you can walk away from it and be like your father and your mother and all the other divorced people in your family. She's been long, she's been married longer, probably double over all of her family members because of God using me as her husband. By the grace of God. And you know what I told her? You should appreciate that. You ought to, you ought to be thankful to God 
that your husband led you to do that. That's a, that, that, that's a victory for you and hopefully it'll break the curse in uh, your family. And, 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 and that the curse will be broken on our children. I told her that. I also told her that not her aunts and maybe not her siblings, but her mother is proud of her for staying married. You know why? Because she didn't stay married. Her aunts didn't stay married. They ran away their husbands. You know how? Being on the flesh and blood level. Cussing at their husbands. Blowing at their husbands. Rolling their eyes at their husbands. Always running off at the Jamaican mouth with their husbands. And no woman can talk faster than a Jamaican woman. And talk two different languages. Cuss you out in English and in Patois. What? Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, nobody can say 10,000 words quicker than a Jamaican woman, buddy. And that upsets the man, see. Okay. And the most Jamaican men can't handle the Jamaican woman. I, I can. It don't bother me. Because I'm, I'm going to shut you up real quick and remind you that you are in subjection to me. I'm the bigger boss here. The bigger boss is a phrase in Jamaica. It was a song out. I was down in Jamaica. I heard a song blasting about who was the bigger boss and the woman challenging the man to be the bigger boss. I might pull that song up today. But I told my wife several times, I am the HNIC up in here. I'm the head nigga in charge. That's right. You can believe that. See, I, I came out of that kind of hellhole situation where the wife uh, was in charge over my dad. And God did something in my heart to say, I, I'll never do that. I will never allow that. I'm the head Negro in charge. I know some of you white folks are still laughing. I'm, I'm the boss here. And, uh, and you can you can you can have all you want to say, uh, but keep it to yourself, because I don't want to hear it. And that's what I've told her for thirty-four years. I don't want to hear it. You do what I tell you, or you can leave. I hired you on to be a helpmeet to what I'm doing, and if you can't do that, you don't want to do that, and you and you want to talk back to me and disrespect me, it's time for you. To get your ass up out of my house. Go someplace else. I've told her that. Many times. And I know my sweet evangelical brethren. Oh preacher you are not to say it that way. I said it. And I meant it. And she knows I meant it. That's why she, she has not gone anywhere. She knows I mean it. See. And you can't do what I do sir. Some of you people have been married over 20 years. Don't try to do what I do. It's over with. With you and yours. Okay. Don't try to be me. Because you, you're going you're gonna, to, you're not, it's not going to work for you. It, this got to be real down deep in your heart, man. What I'm telling you, you got to be real. And, and you got to be w willing to take the consequences of what you stand for. I'm more than willing. Because my trust and faith is in God. My faith and trust is not in a woman designed to be a help to me. My life is not going to fall apart because of a woman. I have 99 problems, but a woman ain't one. 
No, no, because I, 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 my mentality is, is a utilitarian uh, mentality. I love you and all of that with the God kind of love. But you need to put out up in here. You got to do your job, sexually speaking, cleaning the house speaking, taking care of the children speaking. You got to do your job, baby, up in my house. Because I, I, that's why I want you here to help me. I don't want you to be a hell meat. I want you to be a help meat. God bless you. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. You say, preacher, that love is, is a whole lot of love. It's the God kind of love. Keep mess out of your marriage and family. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to keep the devil out of here. And that's love because it provides peace and productivity. I, I cannot imagine a family that has been more productive than my family. I cannot imagine a family. I cannot imagine a family. You know why we've been productive? Because I keep the devil out of here. We had uh, basically only one devil or only one real Judas in the marriage and family. Some uh, had one or two who adopted that spirit, but I, they, they, were, they were easy to deal with because they're children. My wife was the biggest Judas and is still the biggest Judas in the family. And I made it clear that we, you're not going to do that here. And so I blocked her from destroying the marriage and the family. And I meant it. See, you can't, see, if you don't mean it, men, she's going to know it. Because women do have intuition, but not into everything. They have intuition into men. And once they, once they do like Delilah and, and, and pick your brain and, and have sex with you a few times and they, they, they know what you really like and they'll use that against you. Uh, she's never used that against me. Because uh, she knows I don't roll that way. And, and by the way, men, it's not up to her to determine whether or not you have sex. I can't hear, I can't hear nobody. I see you, 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 you men are mighty quiet. You know why? Because you left it up to your wife when you have sex. That has never been left up to my wife. That's up to me. Whenever I want it, I'm going to get it. Get it, get it, get it. Yes, sir. God wants me to get it. And she needs to be got. And that, that, that has never been a problem. But some of you men have taught, have somehow turned that over to her as to when she wants. Listen, a woman can go months, man, without that. You can't go days. Even at the age of 62. And she does not want to go months. But you're the one who has to turn her on. Okay, and get her going. And she, she, she's going to want it as much as you want it if you turn her on. I can't help you with it. You don't know how to do that. I'll just say one word to you, men. Uh, let me just say this to you. Stop taking a whole bunch of showers. Okay? Stop that. You don't need to take a shower two times a day and every day thinking that she wants you to be clean. She doesn't care about that. It is your scent, if you know what I mean, that turns her on. So that's all I'm going to say. I can't tell you anymore because my sweet evangelical police are going to 
uh, come after me. <laughs> but your scent, sir, your God-given scent uh, is well, is what will get the ball rolling. So you you take you keep control. She needs it. She may not know she needs it, but she needs it. And if you do your part and you have sex, whenever God gives you that, mm, ah, that's when you better hop on it. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now, God gave us these commandments as husbands and wives because it is not something we evidently automatically want to do because of our sinful nature. We have the instincts to do it. We know we ought to do it. But God made it a commandment. So you better do it if you want to be blessed by God, see? See, some of you women are not blessed by God in your life. You're miserable. You're sad. You're pitiful. You don't benefit from the marriage and family as you could. Why? Because you disobeyed God, not just your husband. You disobey God by disobeying your husband. Now your, your, your husband who's been taught by an evangelical pastor to just buy you things anyway even though you're not good, you're not obedient, you're not helpful. That's dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Men stop doing that because you know why? God is not even going to do that. God's going to love your wife enough to punish her, chastise her, rebuke her, and he ain't buying nothing for her. He's not going to give her anything unless she obeys him. And you need to, you need to get on God's side on that. Because God does not do that. Because of our sinful nature, he does not do that. He, do that. he does not bless disobedience. Never has and never will. Never has and never will. Never has and never will. Contrary to the sweet, charismatic, prosperity, gospel, evangelical, Baptist preachers of the day. Who don't know what they're talking about. You're going to make your uh, uh, wife more, than a, more of a pain in the neck than she ever was by doing that. Having these automatic date nights and automatic flower nights and that the, the sweet little uh, evangelical preacher told you to do. Did the, how's that working for you? You know what's, how, you know how it's working for you? You're both divorced and you're horny. That's why you want to go get with somebody else. It never worked. Because even women know when you're uh, uh, trying to appease them. There's another word, a word I want to use. Sometimes I can't remember it. What is it? Uh, you are, uh, I forget the, the word. Uh, it starts with a P. It's not placating. But they know when you are doing that. And they're going to play you like a piano man. That's not the proof of your love by buying her everything, giving her everything she wants, giving her your credit card, letting her run the credit card up and run the family into debt. Buying her a certain kind of car that neither one of you can pay for and you don't need it. Buying her a fur coat and you, and you live in uh, Florida. It doesn't get cold in Florida, man. That's stupid. I, I, I'm telling you, that's what men do. That's what men have done. 
And, and, and that same woman took the fur coat and had sex with the postman and divorced her preacher husband. Don't be foolish. Do it God's way. And, and, and my wife and I, we've been married long and all of them, they've been divorced and remarried. And they were the ones trying to tell me how to treat my wife, you know. Wanted me to read this man's book. I said, I don't need to read that. I'm not reading that. The book tells buy her some flowers on Tuesday, take her out on date on Friday, always open the door. Those three things, those were the pillars, have nothing to do with the Bible. There's no flowers in the Bible. There's no dating in the Bible. There's no opening the door, the car door for the wife. Buddy, if it's raining, you better get your behind up and go and get in there as fast as you can. I'm not going around to open the door for you, standing in the rain. You got you 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 you, you said you were a feminist. You open the door for yourself. It's not in the Bible. Don't get mad at me. That's man's evangelical, Pharisaical, Sadduceical. Uh, traditions that they made up and got you believing it and that woman does not care anything about that that woman does not care about you taking her to a $350 dinner nothing most women want to take a bucket of chicken and let's get on with it let's, let's get it on and a cheap bottle of wine let's get it on that's what they, they that's what they do with Bo Peep and that's about as far as both people going to go, if that. And that's going to come afterwards, after you had sex. And here you are doing all of this and sacrificing all of this and paying money you don't have, trying to get uh, one night of sex out of a month and a half. It's foolishness. Anyway, I must go. Let's pray for others. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would heal and strengthen and bless every Christian marriage based upon your holy word and nothing else. Lord, you have made it, you have made family life very simple if we would simply obey your holy word and stop adding on traditions made by man. And they're, now they're divorced. The ones who wrote the books, their marriages are shot. And so, Lord God in heaven, I pray for the healing of all Christian marriages and families and the salvation of other marriages and families. And Holy Father God, I pray also that you would have mercy and grace upon all of us who name the name of Christ and forgive us of our wicked, evil sins of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission. Help us to repent of our sins. And even on my daughter's birthday, Daniqua, Lord, help us to be a witness for you. Help us all to pass out gospel tracts so that others may come to know your Savior. And Holy Father God, I pray. Now, Lord, we do pray for the millions of people who are hurting around the world and ask you to comfort them and draw them to yourself. We pray for, as we've done, Lord, for nearly 900 services by your grace.
standing between the living and the dead services. Uh, Lord, we pray now for a few by name. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of New York resident Dustin Domris. We pray for the family and friends of Texas resident Christy Reinwald Fuller. We pray for the family and friends of Missouri resident Bob Atkinson. All of these people who have been impacted by the coronavirus plague. And uh, Lord, just night, uh, last night, there's another plague that is quietly killing people called the monkeypox plague. Two people in New York, I believe, died yesterday of that. Polio is back. There's a financial plague. All kinds of plagues are breaking loose because people in the church and people in the nation and in the world refuse to repent at your holy word. And I pray, all I can do is pray that we all would repent. Those of us who are saved, help us to pray, to seek your face, and to turn from our wicked ways. And Lord, we pray also tonight for those who have gotten saved by the preaching of the gospel through this ministry. We pray for the thousands who have gotten saved, help them to grow in the faith, and we pray for a few by name. We pray for Moshe. Oh, Lord, please forgive me. We pray, Lord, for the people who have uh, sent in prayer requests right now. We pray for the saved people later. We pray, Lord, for Moshe. Please deliver him from drunkenness and give him good health. Please save and bless his family and help his son to do well in the interview at a new school. Please save and bless his friends and bless their relationships. We pray, Lord, for Marie Grace. Please bless her with the right place to stay where she can live her own life away from people who practice witchcraft, voodoo, and make drugs and from criminal activity. Please give her peace and justice in her life and surroundings. We pray for Jensen. Please be with him and bless him. Uh, we pray for Pastor Bushibi, and we join him in thanking you for the souls that have gotten saved, people healed and delivered. Please protect our children from the devil and bless their outreaches and efforts toward that purpose. Please heal Sister Dora. Please provide for their churches and deliver their churches from economic hardships family disputes, insecurity, starvation, and poverty. Please deliver Kenya and all of Africa from drought and famine and starvation. Please for provide them with Bibles for new souls and basic needs for orphans and widows, food and water, church planning and construction, ministry, financial resources as well. And Lord, we now pray for the people who have gotten saved. We pray for the thousands who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel through this ministry. And we pray for a few by name as well. We pray for Bola, Godfrey, Felix, Brianna, and Silvano. Help them all to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. We pray for those, Lord, the thousands who have recommitted their lives at the preaching of your holy word. 
coming back from a backslidden state. We pray for uh, all of them, help them to stand strong in the faith and never get back into a backslidden state. And we pray for Jennifer, Shinwi, Constant, Margaret, and Josephine. We commit all of these souls into your hands as well as ours. And help us, Lord, to be reminded today. Help us, Lord, to remember today that tomorrow is not promised us for the Christian or the person who is not a Christian. Those who are not Christians, help them to believe in you today. Those of us who are Christians, help us to do as much as we can for your kingdom today. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, if the Lord tarries is coming and we live and everything, uh, and God says the same, uh, I'll be back tonight in a few hours to preach a message on the second coming of Christ. If I were you, I would not miss it. Until then, pray without ceasing. Keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord. And happy birthday to Daniqua Grace White, my daughter, uh, who is celebrating her birthday today. And I can't wait to enjoy the birthday meal. And until next time, pray without ceasing. Also, from the Marines, Semper Fi, always faithful. And Daniqua has always been faithful in doing her job. Always. I've never had to deal with the Nequa White about being faithful to God to deliver and be dependable and do her job. And uh, hold on. I've never had to do that. I mean, and that's a blessing when you have a daughter who is dependable, consistent, and faithful and who set a good example uh, for her younger siblings. That is a blessing from God. So simplify the Negro grace, always faithful, and simple supra is from my Air Force boys, always above. God bless you, dear friends, until Next time tonight, pray without ceasing.